You are listening to the Mom and Dad Podcast. A podcast about balance, growth, and navigating through your 20s and 30s. If you realize, oh, like I'm about to go watch a Netflix show, my house is a mess. But I I could definitely do it, but I don't want to. You know, that's when you kind of have to make the decision for your future self. Like, in the morning, I will be happier. So I'm just going to get it done, and then I'll go to my show. Welcome back to the Mom and Dad podcast. Welcome. Before we jump in, I just wanted to have a little check-in. Just see how you're doing. I'm good. How are you? We're here in our unfinished basement. Once again. Yet again. We just put Remy to bed a little bit ago. Yeah, and... Maybe we can give a little update on Remy. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling he's going to be walking. We should set a bet on when we think he's going to start walking. By Thursday. Thursday of this week. Yeah. I w- week. I'll I'll wager that he's walking by Thursday. Man, he could do it if he wanted to. He has everything he needs. He, he has taken steps before. Yeah. A couple steps, but then he just... He knows he can crawl to get somewhere, so he just, he would just rather crawl. Mm -hmm. I, I have no idea. I think he's on the, he's on the cusp because the last couple times when I've been practicing with him, it's very much like he stands there. You set him, set him on his feet and he's standing there and then you kind of have to like have something that he wants. Mm -hmm. But if you act like you're going to reach out and grab his hand, then it starts him leaning forward and then he just inadvertently takes some steps yeah he leans too far forward yeah that's his that's his main flaw his his form is bad but (laughs) he's getting better um but he did take like three steps before he kind of fell last time so yeah like he's getting better Mm -hmm. but he's just i just think he has to want it yeah he's also pretty top heavy he's got that big (laughs) old head this big old body yeah he leans forward he's got those tiny little legs yeah i don't know if i were to set a bet on it i really couldn't tell you i just he just i think what he needs is to hang out with more kids like to want to keep up with them definitely and he's a quarantine baby yeah like he doesn't get a lot of opportunity to be with other kids yeah i think that would help yeah, watching Zoom or FaceTime videos yeah, other of kids. other kids doesn't quite cut it. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll see. I, I'm i not sure, but I think it'll be soon, yeah. hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. We'll keep you updated maybe next week. As far as the rest of your week, how's it, how's it gone? What's new? So, coming into this episode, mm-hmm. I have decluttered our junk drawer i noticed that doesn't it look so nice feels very nice you can actually put stuff in it yeah and you can see it you can see everything in the drawer you can see what's in the drawer instead of it being a giant mystery yeah i i cleared out our junk drawer got rid of ton of stuff in there Mm -hmm. and i cleared out the stuff that was in the top of our pantry that just kind of sat there and just piled up papers papers there was a lot of stuff mail there was mail 
from months ago that I have just I have a thing with mail. That's one Man, of my hard. I think a lot of people have a thing with mail. Because it's there's Please just so much of it the every ones. day. There's so much of it every day. There's so much that comes in, and I don't. A lot of times I don't I don't know if I want to read through it, if it'll be another letter from the IRS giving me an an uh what is it a mistaken claim that I didn't file my taxes even though I did. I can't stand mail. <laughs> it tricks me. <laughs> Every time I come to Justin and I'm like, we owe, where did, like, we have a hundred dollars that we need to give to, or else we're to going to jail. Scam. We're going to jail. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Every time I go to Justin, he's like, that's not real. No, the ones that get you most are the, the home warranty ones. Where they're like, your home needs a home warranty right now. Call us. And you're like, Justin, we, we got to call him. They say we gotta call them. I'm like, who's this from? It's like printed on a pink sheet but of I paper. Feel like there's always if it's not a white sheet of paper, probably not an official document. No, but it's a good I rule of thumb. I feel like they attach like a check to them. Yeah, they Sometimes. make it. They're trying to make it seem like it's coming from the title company yeah. or the the bank or the mortgage. Oh, I can't broker. stand it. Yeah. I can't. I like. The thing that I can't stand even more is you telling me that's not real. Like, I fell for it. Again. Again. Because it's, it, it's happened quite a few times now. Yeah, I just need to We'll just go over some, deal some telltale signs of yeah, just home warranty phishing mail. That's so dumb. Yeah. Anyway, we had a great conversation revolving around minimalism. Mm-hmm which was something that we kind of learned we live to a certain extent. Yeah. We've maybe we've heard the term bouncing around and just kind of subconsciously started adopting some of its principles, but I've never really like looked into minimalism. I don't think I've looked into it either. I've just seen people who practice it. Yeah. Maybe and, that's it. And through their example, I have just seen the benefits of mm-hmm. how it it has affected them and their family that I just wanted to apply yeah. it to myself. Yeah, cuz it's generally pretty put together people if they're if they're minimalists, they're they've got the most important things that they focus on and they they kind of just get rid of the clutter, which is kind of the whole point of minimalism, but Yeah. which I think sends a good example to other people. So yeah, I think you're right. Maybe it's just we've noticed minimalists around us and sort of adopted that to some degree obviously we've got a we've got a little ways to go as we found through our research on the on the topic but yeah i've got more things to declutter yeah i've i've got my list and i really want to make like a capsule wardrobe at some point interesting um but that that's a that's a journey right there <laughs> that's gonna take a while yeah put it on your list yeah the to-do list but don't make it too long because procrastination check it twice. yeah procrastination kills as we will talk about yeah but it was a really great conversation we took a lot from it mm-hmm. um we hope you do too and on that note let's get into it yeah let's go Thank <laughs> you.
Okay, so first question. Would you consider yourself a minimalist? If so, why? I would not consider myself a minimalist by definition or just like an extremist. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely don't like to hoard things. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with getting rid of stuff. I don't want piles of things that I never use, never see. I don't want it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I would say to an extent I am. I like things to be organized and neat. That doesn't mean it's organized and neat 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that doesn't mean I have a hard time getting rid of stuff or like some things I have a hard time with. I wouldn't consider us having a ton of stuff. I don't think we do. I try and keep it pretty simple. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you consider yourself? I don't know. I I used to really hold on to things. Like I just hold on to, I went on a a trip, like a student EF tours. I I don't know if you know that, but it's Mm -hmm. a brand of like student led trips that they go to like Europe and places like that. And they give you a weird little backpack and everyone has the same backpack and they're like walking around streets of Europe and they all have the same backpack. So it's like very clear that they're tourists. Um, but when I, when I went there and my, with my mom in this school group, I remember getting like these random little things like a, like a soda bottle or just these little trinkets that didn't really mean anything to me. And I kept them for years and I had like these boxes of things like that, that I would keep. I never liked buying souvenirs, but I would try and find things that would like remind me of the place that I went or like I collected rocks growing up from places that I would go hunting with my dad. Um, but then I started like at our last house, I, I left my rock collection in the rock bed, like (laughs) traumatic, it's it's, traumatic moment of your life. No. Cause I realized (laughs) I was like, you know what? This is just a box of rocks and I've been carrying it around everywhere I go for years. And so I just decided to set them free. Well, are you sure it wasn't just in that box of things that came from your parents' house? I don't know. And you didn't even realize it was there until no, we actually... No, I, I knew it was there. I never looked at them, ever. But in the back of my mind, I knew that I had a rock collection. And so when somewhere. I set them free... Yeah, somewhere. It was the really heavy box that it, I would never like to move anywhere. But I had it. And then, yeah, when I set that set them free, um, I know where they are. So it kind of feels like they're still like a part of my life. But like I could go back and visit them if I wanted to. I'm shaking to. my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like i started giving all those things away <laughs> <It was. laughs> but oh i feel like i've given all that like i started getting rid of those things because i was it was just like needless clutter and mm-hmm. once i started doing that then i started allowing myself to get rid of my old shirts and like just things that didn't even really fit anymore but like now i consider myself more more of a minimalist just because i realized that it's not the end of the world when you give something away. Like you're not, you know, you're not like dishonoring whoever gave it to you. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm starting to become a minimalist. When we would go on, um, my buddy and and my brother and I would go on a fishing trip to Montana every year. And we always, our theme was like, we were always said we're minimalists because we tried to pack as little as possible, but we always packed a ton of stuff. I think that's the true test, packing to go somewhere. Yeah. How much do you pack? Yeah. 
that's a good good point good test because i feel like i pack very little when we go places i and i, I like don't you don't <laughs> so maybe so, i am a <laughs> more minimalist than me i guess i don't know i always consider in action i feel like i'm more of a minimalist like getting rid of stuff but mm-hmm. you already don't have a lot of stuff yeah so you, there's not really much for you to get rid of and i feel like i'm careful about acquiring new things which i feel like you're good yeah. about too though especially like yeah. w- with like remy like we don't we don't want them to have just like a million toys just mm-hmm. just to have them. Um, yeah, I think that was you're good that about was that really too. big for me was kid toys. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I want him to have toys and to like use his creative mind working yeah. with different things. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just didn't want a lot, a lot of it. Yeah. And it's not saying like <clears throat> it's more of a family choice. I feel like if it's more of a family choice and not just like, you can't have a ton of things. It's like, well, then I can't have a ton of things yeah. and you can't have a ton of things, you know? So it's not like we're just depriving him of of joy. Yeah, that's not the point. <laughs> Especially since he's so small, like the littlest things satisfy him. Yeah. I think it's something that society teaches us and marketing mm-hmm. companies for kid toys teach us that we just need to give our kids a ton of toys and that's that's what makes a good parent and that's what makes a happy child yeah but yeah i feel like most of the time he he just wants what what he's not supposed to have yeah like the remote yep who do you think is cleaner in the relationship i feel like that's a tough one because we both are clean in our own ways I feel like you are, are becoming more and more, like, I want it clean right now. Like, like OCD. Yeah, a little bit more. Oh, no. Where you, like, after, because Remy makes a total mess every time we give him dinner. He just throws tons of food on the floor. And I feel like you, y- you like to have a clean house after, right after that. So we always clean up the house right after we put Remy to bed, which feels nice. Well, like you go to bed so with a nice clean I house. like to wake up to a clean house. Yeah. The thing is, I don't want to clean at the end of the day. That's the Mm -hmm. last thing I want to do. But I know in the morning I will be more motivated Mm -hmm. to have a good day. If I wake up, shouldn't have eaten cookie butter before this. I know if I wake up to a clean house, I'll be motivated to have a better day Mm -hmm. and just be more on top of things. Just naturally, I will be that way if if I wake up to a clean house. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So a, a, a trick that we do is we, and anyone can do, literally just set a timer for five to 10 minutes mm-hmm. and just clean as much as you can. And when the timer goes off, just stop. And you'll, I think you'll realize how much you can get done in such a short amount of time. Yeah. And then it kind of becomes like a competition, which is <laughs> kind of a game. Yeah. Be almost like a game, which yeah. makes it a little bit less daunting to do. Yeah. If you say just five minutes mm-hmm. and get it done. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've become cleaner as I've depended less on paper. I feel like I, I used to always want to like write, I took a ton of notes just about every aspect of my life. I was always like journaling or taking notes or um, like writing down things from books that I read, but on paper. And then I just had tons of paper everywhere and I could never keep it organized. And I, I, was just like never I couldn't find where I had written things and I feel like since I have moved to mostly digital 
for I still write a lot, but now that it's in like nice neat little packages on my my laptop desktop, I feel like that has changed the way that I am the way that I approach organization and like everything. Oddly enough. See, I'm opposite. Like I have to see things written down. Mm. Or they get lost to my phone. Like I have so many notes in my phone. Oh, that's true. That I, and I, I say I'm a visual person, but you can look at your phone. That's the same thing. You're looking at something, mm-hmm. but just the physical act of writing something down for me. Yeah. I don't know why, but I just prefer it. Yeah. I think there's something to that. Yeah. Remember when you write it down physically, there's that tactile sort of component to it that just helps it stick in your brain a little bit yeah. better like i can't use google calendar i don't know I why live, i, I live to... by google calendar yeah i guess that's just what the difference is between us yeah so how can clutter negatively affect your life okay so i was reading in an article and it was researchers at princeton university found that clutter can actually make it more difficult to focus on a particular task Specifically, they found that the visual cortex can be overwhelmed by task-irrelevant objects, making it harder to allocate attention and complete tasks efficiently. Hmm. And I I wholeheartedly agree with that. Mm-hmm. I've experienced that in my own life. I know that when... So when I was a kid, I don't know how old I was, but I was complaining about something just like oh, I don't want to do my homework right now or blah, blah, blah. And my brother tells me, he's like, just go clean your room. And I was like, why would I clean my room? That's not the thing that I need to get done. Mm -hmm. He's like, just clean your room and then see how you feel after that. And I've stuck with that since now. Mm -hmm. And whenever I feel overwhelmed or stressed, I just clean something or like the space around me Mm -hmm. where I'm getting that task done. And then I automatically have the energy, one, to do the task. And I have way more focus Mm -hmm. when it comes to that task because there's not a ton of things around me that are distracting me. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I would say that's how it would negatively affect my life is I just, it's harder to get things done. Yeah. I've heard the same thing about making your bed like that. Yeah, Making your bed every day just sort of sets your mind off in a, direction mm-hmm. yeah i heard that as well first thing you should do when you wake up is make your bed mm-hmm. so on the opposite end of that what are the benefits of cleanliness well, i think you kind of already touched on them it, it's just and i think and we're going to talk a little bit more about like not only physical clutter but also like mental or emotional clutter spiritual yeah um but i think that if you're if you have things in the back of your mind, like, especially if you're like procrastinating something, like, what was it that there was something that it was like something that was in the fridge that I had been wanting to throw away. It wasn't like bad or anything, but I just knew we weren't going to eat it or use it. And I saw it every time I opened the fridge and it's been like over a month now. And it's just this thing that we know, I know we're never going to use. In and the freezer? Maybe it's in the freezer. Oh, yeah, it's in the freezer. It wasn't my ice cream. It was your ice cream. <laughs> it was way bad. It was yeah. just like frostbite ice yeah. cream. and um, It's not stinking anything up, so you don't like think about it. Yeah, yeah. So it's easy to kind of just push back in your mind. But I, I feel like I 
I realized the other day because we were preparing for this and I looked in the freezer and I saw that and I was like, man, that thing, I have thought about throwing that away every single time I've opened the freezer for like a month and a half now. <laughs> and I was like, you know, what? I'm going to do it. I'm just going to throw it away. And then it's just like, there's this sort of, it's this tiny little burden lifts off your shoulder when you throw it away. You're like, oh, that's one less thing that I have to remember to, to take care of. And I think that's a small example, but it, it, you know, we don't think about all the different things that we're procrastinating on. And if we'd let them, if we let that turn into like a habit of procrastination, then it, it's just this weird effect where we start to put off more and more things where it's like, once you've put something off, your mind's like, just put everything off. And then you start to go down this really downward spiral, I feel like. Yeah. And then in your head, you're like, what's that thing I'm forgetting? Mm-hmm. Like, you just always feel like you're never getting everything done because yeah. there's always that one thing that you always forget. Yeah. Tony Robbins calls um, procrastination the silent killer because he says it's something that you don't realize how much it affects every aspect of your life. Um when you just have, you know, these little things that have been kind of building up and just cluttering the back of your mind. And he goes into just how he's like, write down like five things that you've been putting off and do them right now. Um, and I think that's, that's a really good way to kind of spark that the same way that you, you do it with like cleaning your room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How would you say our culture causes clutter? I, I, I noticed that as I, uh, was reading that that was kind of a theme where we live in a culture that's all about like keeping up with the Joneses or, you know, marketing is always pushing to us. And we've already kind of touched on it where, you know, you know, telling you that you're, you'll be a better parent if your kid has, you know, more toys or things like that. Um, kind of the messaging behind stuff equals happiness. And I think that that is a part of it that we need to be conscious of because if you can, kind of take a step back and really ask yourself, like, do I really need this? Like, is it, is this, is my life going to drastically change if I, you know, don't have this? Um, and I think that's a one way to kind of cut off the flow of clutter into your life so that you don't have to, you know, constantly be get rid of, getting rid of so many things. Yeah. Well. How are items even coming into your life? Yeah. And then that, like, I keep hearing from, like different family members where they're like, yeah, you think you have a lot of stuff now. Each time you have another kid, you're just going to have more and more stuff. And you're eating, you know, every time you move, you're just going to be like, where do we get all this stuff? Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel like that's like a conscious choice. And that comes back to the culture thing where it's like, maybe we don't need to just accumulate more and more things. And I think the bucket list family does this really well. If you guys don't know by now, we're huge fans of the bucket list family. Huge. Um, but they, I noticed that in their Christmas episode, they, each of their kids, they gave them one present, like one present from mom and then one present from like each of their siblings. Santa. Yeah. Or Santa. Yeah. One from Santa, one from their parents and like maybe something one like from that. their, yeah, something like that. But I thought it was cool because it's, it just makes the, uh, that those gifts seem much more, you know, meaningful where you don't have to be, cause I remember, you know, I got, I always got tons of toys as a kid and I just like, you open it, you're like excited for a millisecond and you throw it down to the side and like open up the next one. It's just, and like that's this. okay. Like that's your parents showing love to you. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. It was yeah. all, yeah. Christmas was always a blast at my house, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think I do like the idea of 
you know, just making it a little bit more simple so you can like really focus in on the thing that you, you got and kind of the, the meaning behind it as yeah. a kid, maybe it might make it a little bit easier. Yeah. And, um, just building a sense of gratitude in your kids mm-hmm. that when they do receive something, it's, it's special, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just like an everyday, yeah. oh, just another thing that's going to be tossed, tossed aside. Yeah. You know, it's special. Yeah. And I think it's a good way to sort of combat that materialistic mentality that, you know, all of these marketing messages are pushing at us. Where like from an early age, you start to value, you know, more of the time you spend with your family and, you know, the, the thought that went into specific gifts. Yeah. And I think, I think most of us do value that time, Mm -hmm. um, more than items. Mm -hmm. I think if we took the items away, um, we would realize how much we value that time. Yeah. That's a good point. And realizing that like, there's a lot of people who don't have, you know, we came from a pretty privileged background. You know, we Mm -hmm. always had a lot given to us. Um, and I'm super grateful for everything that I've received over the years from my parents. Um, but I think not having such a focus on the materialism helps you to sort of relate a little bit more to, um, to people who, who have less. So what type of things would be hardest for you to give up? So I don't, that's the thing. I don't think I have a hard time throwing things out. Well, actually maybe I do. Obviously I don't want to throw out pictures. Mm-hmm. Like even in my phone, so this kind of translate to translates to like online clutter or like mm-hmm. storage clutter. Yeah. That I definitely have way too much of. Mm-hmm. Like I can't so I guess this is my thing. I can't throw away or trash a picture even if I have like 10 of the same photo but they're just like a little bit different you know when you like speed take a speed take photos I just don't have the heart to get rid of them or like when I put a filter on a photo I have to keep the original and I have to have to keep the filtered photo I just I have a really hard time getting rid of photos which I think is understandable yeah so what's the hardest item the hardest item for you to give up hmm I don't know. Like not the items that are necessities. Like we're not talking about getting rid of your laptop or like getting rid of your hunting stuff. I don't know. I wouldn't get rid of my hunting stuff. Yeah. Maybe like something just different stuff that you have to I can't put it in a category. I don't know what the category would be called, but. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like most of the time when it's, when I'm getting rid of stuff, it's old clothes. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like most of my old clothes fit me anyway, but for some reason it's just hard for me to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. So I th- I think that one thing that helps with that is just making a decision to put them all in a bag. Like I'll just get them into a bag. I might not make the bag, the bag might not make it to the car to go to Goodwill, but at least it'll be in the bag for like six months. And then no, <laughs> that's my that's system. Not good advice. No, that's not good advice. It's just <laughs> what I do. <laughs> I'm working on it, but I feel like that's the, that's the best that I've been able to do so far where I just like, 
if I can at least separate it into its own little container, where I'm like, this is destined for goodwill, then, then that's at least a start. And it's not visibly hanging in my closet anymore. Yeah, and then when you get to it a year later, you're like, All right, I don't want to go it. through this. Just yeah, just take it, it to goodwill. Yeah. Yeah, I have a hard time getting rid of old clothes too because I think, oh, one day this will probably, I'll probably, one day I'll probably like this again. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's happened. Like I have stored away clothes and then I've brought them back out and I've liked it again. So yeah, I have a hard time doing that too. Yeah. You definitely see the extreme of minimalism. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to call it OCD of like not having a lot of things, like just getting rid of things mm -hmm. when they're not necessary. Yep. But how do we have flexibility with keeping things organized and avoiding OCD? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Yeah, and you better answer this well because I have a feeling in the next couple of years I'm going to need this advice. <laughs> yeah, because I've seen in different uh, like videos I've watched on the topic that it can become like almost an obsession to always have things, you know, as soon as they come in and as soon as they lose their utility, they're out. Mm -hmm. um, and especially like with cleaning where, you know, when we clean the kitchen, it's not like one of the uh, article or interviews that we watched was with the Mayo Clinic or Mayo Clinic. I think it's pronounced Mayo. Um, but it was a psychologist from the Mayo Clinic who they were talking about you know, when you clean something like a kitchen, you're not going to put a velvet rope around it and leave it clean like you would in a museum. He's like, these are places that we live and you have to remember that and kind of balance it. And it's, it's tough. I don't really have a good answer for it. It's like, how do you, I think sometimes you just have to let things be dirty, right? You're not always going to get to it right away. Obviously that's the goal, but I think being okay with, you know, sometimes you just don't have time to make sure it's spotless before you go to bed. But I don't know. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, I think you should just evaluate how you're feeling and the time that you have with how you're feeling. So if you have little time and you are just exhausted, mm -hmm. like go to bed. Yeah. Don't overexert yourself to make sure everything's spotless. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, if you realize, oh, like I'm about to go watch a Netflix show. My house is a mess. But I I could definitely do it, but I don't want to. Mm -hmm. You know, that's when you kind of have to make the decision for your future self. Like in the morning, I will be happier. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to get it done and then I'll go to my show. Yeah. So I think it's just evaluating how you're feeling and how much time you have. Yeah, and I think it's a, that's a good way to put it, like trying to think about your future. How, how is your future self going to feel about the decisions that you're making right now? Well, I, I like to base, obviously I'm not perfect, mm -hmm. but a lot of my decisions I like to think that way because mm -hmm. I think we can get swept up in um, immediate gratification Mm -hmm. when my immediate gratification would be to go watch turn. Yeah. But if I delay the gratification till tomorrow morning, 
I think I'll be a lot happier. Yeah. And then you get a good start to your day. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good like self-evaluation tool that that's useful in a lot of other aspects of life too, where whenever you don't want to do something that you know is good for you, just think about like Tony Robbins. I'm always going to be talking about Tony Robbins, but that's just the way that it is. Big fan. Big fan. Um, but he, he talks about your rocking chair moment or your rock, I think he calls it your rocking chair test where whenever you're deciding whether or not you should do, you know, a big, make a big decision or, or, or do something that would be good for you, but you're, you know, you're kind of on the fence about it. He says you should just picture sitting in your, you know, being 80 years old, sitting in a rocking chair and looking back over your life. And he says, when you think about this decision, are you going to be glad that you made it or are you going to regret it? And I think I've used that little tool a lot. And it's kind of the same thing that you're talking about where it just gives you the clarity of kind of some, some future perspective that, that helps you generally make a pretty wise choice, I feel like. Um, yeah, and you can put that to when you accumulate something for your home. Like, am I going to like this in mm-hmm. 10, 10 years, mm-hmm. 20 years, depending on what it is? Yeah. I think that's also where investing in things that are going to last. Yeah. So, and I want to get better about this with clothing. Mm-hmm. But I also have a hard time doing that with clothing because I know like I have a child who could potentially, or me, I could potentially drop pizza on my pants like I did last <laughs> night, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it's kind of scary to invest in things because it's like, oh, this could get damaged. Mm-hmm. But maybe you shouldn't always have that perspective because it will last longer. And we're kind of straying away from like fast fast fashion or like mm-hmm. whatever it could be. I could definitely be better at that. I know it's so much more expensive to invest in things that are going to last and it's a lot easier to just buy the cheaper item. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see, I see the benefits of investing in good items, good quality items. Yeah. Yeah. I like to say buy, buy nice or buy twice. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> I never heard that. Yeah, something else that 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 reminded me of from the Mayo Clinic interview, um, which we can link who who it was that who it was actually with. He said the value of containers is really big for being able to keep yourself accountable to things. Where he said like a utensil drawer. He's like, if you have too much silverware for your utensil drawer you should get rid of the silverware that doesn't fit in your utensil drawer. Well, if you're putting things in other places, yeah, like it should all fit yep. in the utensil drawer. Yeah, and he, he called it logical capacity, which is like the amount of things, the, the drawer is the size of what you should need f- as far as your silverware <laughs> capacity. Mm-hmm. And um, so he says, you know, ask yourself, if you're, like you say, putting something in a different container, he says the the first question you should ask is, do I have an immediate plan for this? So if you're thinking about acquiring something new, do I have an immediate plan for this? And then second, if I needed it in the future, where would I find it? Which I think are good questions because it's like, yeah, if I, if I have more of one of these things or too many of these things and I'm trying to you know, put this some random place so that, because I may need it in the future, 
it's like I'm probably not going to remember where I put it. Like me personally, I definitely like I'll put things somewhere and then I'll just forget where I put them and then they're useless to me. They're just taking up storage somewhere in the house. So I think that's a good sort of check as well for just making sure that you're utilizing the value of containers in those two questions to keep yourself in check. So I've got a question for you. So did you notice that, you know, obviously we just moved to Utah from Oregon and when we were packing up our house, did you notice that you or I were better at um, getting rid of things when we were packing up the house, scrapping things? Um, I don't think you were the decision maker on it. I mean, I made some decisions. <laughs> but what stayed and what went? Well, we we didn't have a lot of stuff to begin with, so I feel like there, if something went, like we didn't toss that much stuff because I like our we had a ton of glasses yes a ton of drinking glasses yeah and I just didn't we never used them I didn't like them they didn't Mm -hmm. hold a lot of stuff or a lot of water or a lot of of a drink yeah so I'm like why do we have these they're just like taking up so much space like, I still have some that I'm like, I need to get rid of because there's some in the glass drawer and then there's some above our plates. Like, yeah. So, I guess for who was getting rid of stuff, I think it was me. Because I think it was you. Now that I'm thinking about I it. I don't think you really cared. I didn't. I don't know if I did care Until or all not. of our bins were full and you're like, yeah, we need a fourth. Yeah. That, that was a good motivator. But I feel like I did notice that when you were wanting to like throw away or get rid of glasses and plates that I did have a little bit of that, like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can, like, these are perfectly good glasses. Maybe we'll need them someday, which we never will. Mm -hmm. We still have way too many. Um, and maybe that goes back to like the container where we were putting them. We had like an entire three shelves devoted to glasses for For two two people. people. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that was a good one. I think that, yeah, I think you were definitely more, I think in general, you're better at throwing things away than I am now that I'm thinking about it. So another question is, we we watched a TED Talk with, uh, a, I think she's a psychologist um, named Carrie Thomas. And she had some really cool things on, on what we kind of touched on earlier about not just physical clutter but kind of like the different types of clutter that we have where she went over like physical clutter, digital clutter, like emails and and things like that, mental clutter, which she related to like fears, which I thought was interesting where your mind can be sort of cluttered with fears or anxieties or things like that. And then lastly was like emotional and spiritual clutter, which is she labeled it as like self-limiting beliefs or, I can't um, do this. I can't, I do, can't do this. Yeah. So my question is, you know, what are, what are some big ones for you as far as different forms of clutter that you might. In my keep? life. Yeah. Definitely digital. Mm-hmm. I have so many emails and I'm so bad at just deleting them mm-hmm. when I know I don't need it. Yeah. So definitely digital. And like I said, I have a ton of stuff in in my hard drives. Yeah. As for mental clutter, I feel like that's at maybe different times. Mm-hmm. I can just be overwhelmed with 
just like tasks that need to get done. Yeah. And when I feel like there's so much stuff on my to-do list, then I get less done mm-hmm. because I'm just so overwhelmed with all, all the tasks. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I think both of those. So digital, I a couple of years ago, I deleted like 3,000 emails. And I would just did like a mass delete. And I thought it wasn't going to be a big deal. Because so I was like, these are the oldest ones. So I'm just, you know, I'm getting rid of them. And then I, I realized that I had some pretty valuable stuff that I would reference from time to time in my emails. Um, and that was definitely a learning lesson for me where I needed to be a little bit more selective with it. Or maybe I just need to find a better way of storing valuable information that comes in email. Um, but then the other thing that that I thought when I saw the TED Talk was, yeah, like to-do lists. I think to-do lists are a big one for me where I, if, if things start to mount too much, um, then I just, I, I feel like I stop getting anything done because I just have my head completely full of all of the things that I haven't done. And then coming back to like that procrastination again. Um, and that that's something that always, if I just, I call it, well, I don't call it, but uh, Jocko Willink, the former Navy SEAL who I admire very much, um, he talks about when he gets behind like that and things start to mount, he, he does what he calls hitting the turbo button. And he'll just go hard for a couple of days and just, he says he puts in like 14, 15 hour days for like three days in a row and he'll just go until he gets everything caught up. And I've I've tried to start adopting that, maybe not to the extreme that he does, but I feel like when I start to get behind, I hit the turbo button and then I just have that sort of that weight again lifted off my shoulders when I've caught up on all of those things. And so I think that's a really helpful way of doing it too. So another thing that she talked about in that TED Talk was a quote from, I think it was a friend of hers or a colleague, um, but she mentioned her definition of clutter is postponed decisions which I thought was interesting because if you look at all of those different categories like physical clutter, digital clutter, mental clutter, emotional or spiritual clutter is generally a result of you're postponing the decision. You get the email and you could just respond to it and delete it, but you have like seven other emails. So you just open it and then you kind of, or you leave it unopened so that you don't, you know, so you can look at it later, but you never generally get back to it later for a lot of them. Or, um, like fears of things that you're you're wanting, like you want to start a business, you want to start something, but you're you just keep putting off the decision, or you want to lose weight, or you want to start working out, but you keep putting off the decision, and that's when that clutter starts to build up of all these things that you feel like you know you should be doing, but when you start to sort of execute on them, that's when you can start to declutter all of those areas by just making decisions. I think there's so much power in just making decisions to start that cycle of kind of getting back on track. Well, I feel like when you make those decisions, you're taking control of your life, Mm -hmm. deciding to eat healthy. Mm -hmm. Like you are supplying your body with nutrients that it needs. You will, you will have a healthier life. Like Mm -hmm. it's just the result of the action that you take Yeah, and you are controlling it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and there's plenty of examples that you could go into about that, but, and it feels good. It gives you confidence to know that you have control over your life. 
Yeah. And I think those are all kind of interconnected where if you, you know, make you act decisively in one area, then it just sort of primes you to act decisively in others. And soon enough, it becomes sort of like a, just the way that you are. Um, and that kind of comes back to, I think you mentioned in the last one, a Tim Ferriss quote where he says, risks are a lot scarier before you take them. Yeah, risks are a lot less scary once you take them. Yeah. Okay. That's Same thing, but yeah, close enough. No, but that's, that's I think, the, the key there is that if we get in the habit of procrastination, then we're just letting things act upon us instead of just flipping the script and then we just make the decision to do something and it can be something small, but letting that build momentum so that we can get into some of those maybe bigger, scarier decisions that we've been putting off um, and actually do something about them. And is you're going to drop another bit of Tony Robbins wisdom, but um, he says to never leave the site of a commitment or a goal without accomplishing some action toward that end. So he always, if he sets a goal or he makes a plan, he always does something to start moving him towards it in that moment, the moment that he makes that plan or makes that goal. I think that's, it's such a simple thing, but I feel like there's been so many times in my life where I make a plan or especially with like personal development or some sort of personal growth where I make a plan or set a goal and then I just, I'm like, okay, I've got the plan down. That's enough. That's enough action on that. And then I just put it somewhere where I don't see it for a couple of days. And then I just kill my momentum. And so I think if you just get in the habit of just taking at least some action toward it right in the moment, that it just increases your chances of getting it done, you know, tenfold. But I think it's in Atomic Habits, but it says anyone can do anything for two minutes. Mm. So if you just start... And once again, set your timer. This is kind of the same thing when it comes to cleaning. Set your timer, start doing it, mm-hmm. and then see where that takes you. And most likely you will continue. So what do you think your life would look like if you never procrastinated? That's a good question. Has anyone in the history of life ever not procrastinated? Probably Will Smith or Tony Robbins. <laughs> Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. Will Smith, he he always talks about how he developed a habit. He said the only thing he fears is fear. He hates being afraid of things. And so he developed a habit at an early age, and I'm sure I probably mentioned this already, but um, of attacking things that he was afraid of. So, yeah, maybe them. But yeah, as far as what my look life would look like if I never procrastinated anything. I probably would have had straight A's. Yeah, I think we, In we school. would have done a lot more than straight A's. I mean, we would have, it's like that movie Limitless. That's probably what our lives would look like. If Have you seen that movie? No. It's about, it's with uh, Bradley Cooper and he somehow stumbles across this drug that you take it and it unlocks they say you only use like 20, 10% of your brain and this drug unlocks like the other 90% and he just becomes like the genius of all geniuses and he understands how to like cliff dive and do everything that anyone would ever want to do. He just becomes like this jack of all trades, greatest person on earth and 
he just goes for it with everything in his life. And yeah, that's, I think that's probably what my life would look like if I never procrastinated anything. But you, I think you would constantly be doing something. Yeah. And then we would kind of fall into the trap of just being, but I don't know. Because if you had time, you're like, oh, there's this thing I wanted to do. I can't, I can't procrastinate. I've got to get it done. Then you would just, yeah, you'd always be doing. Yeah, I can see how that would bring up some, some issues, especially if you're in a relationship with another human being. Because then you would just devote all of your time to making sure you never procrastinated, procrastinated on anything. Well, I don't know. You could take several angles and be like, oh, I can't procrastinate our date. That we Family time. On. Yeah, that's a good point too. But it would also require... You would go insane. You, you probably would. absolutely go insane. <laughs> you probably would. But if you were able you to... always be doing something. Like in the movie Limitless, if you were able to... Well, he, I, I'm sure there's things he was still procrastinated, but he was just very, very on it when he was on this this like super drug or whatever. But yeah, I, I, that's such an interesting question now that I think more about it because you could, you could end up completely ruining your life that way or you could make your life the greatest life that you could possibly live yeah but you would have to constantly be thinking about yourself or you only because procrastination is just postponed decisions so maybe you only maybe you're just more selective with the decisions that you make you know what i mean so you just are very, because you're like, I know I can't procrastinate on this. So if I commit to something or if I say I'm going to do something, I need to do it and I need to do it now. Maybe that would just clear up a lot of the, the unnecessary decisions that we make. And you would just be, maybe it would, if you could keep it up, it would probably make you hyper effective with your time. Because you would only be committing to things that you knew you could complete Mm-hmm. And which would, I think, logically lead to you only committing yourself to things that were of the utmost importance. Yeah, I guess it just depends on how you spin the curse. Yeah, that's true. Well, you look at like people like uh, Harry Hopkins, who was, I think it was Eisenhower's or FDR's um, main aide during World War Two. So he was like his, I can't remember his exact post, but he was... He was one of the most effective people in wartime Washington in the in, during World War II, but he was dying of cancer, and he could only work for like two hours a day, and so he just only got done the things that were absolutely necessary to get done, which caused him to be just an incredibly effective person. So those limitations just forced him to you know to make sure that he was only focusing on the very most important things and i think you know maybe that's the way that you would be if you never procrastinated he threw out the clutter yeah he was a perfect example of decluttering your life and the benefits that can ensue from that so knowing that how do we balance not procrastinating but also not being ocd being ocd and like or like forcing ourselves into you know just being a kind of a rotten person because you're always focused on just getting things done. I think it takes a matter of realizing what's important. So taking the important things, because if it is important and it will 
benefit your life for a long period of time, then it will be worth it. Mm -hmm. Because you say OCD, but the only things that I would consider someone being shamed for being OCD are probably things that aren't important. Yeah. Like if you're being OCD about keeping everything spotless, it's like, is that important? It's not really important. It is to a degree, to a and degree, then it kind of crosses into the unhealthy, yeah. Yeah, when but when you get unhealthy about it, it's like it's really not as important as you think it is. Yeah. To, yeah, I think everything comes back to balance. It's like if you're out of balance, then, you know, you're either into fanatical or you're into overtly lazy, you know? So being balanced with not being crazy about doing all the time, but making sure that you're being very deliberate about the things you commit yourself to and making sure that you don't procrastinate on them. So for this week's challenge, we want to, we want you guys, and we'll do it as well. We want to make a list, want you to make a list of decisions you have postponed and choose one to get done this week. To get done right now. Get done right Right now? now. Right this second? Just pick one. Because this week, then you're going to procrastinate it again. Oh, yeah. Do it right now. Do it. Just do it. Get it out of the way. Yeah. Do it on your phone right now. Do it. Write it down. I don't know what you're doing right now, but make a list in your head and get one of them done. Yeah. Maybe one just popped into your head right now and you know exactly what it is. You'll know. It just popped into your head. Just pop before this podcast is over we want you to either pause the tape just do it the tape you know what i mean yeah the spotify file podcast yeah Yeah. pause the app press pause (laughs) and do it before you leave this podcast you'll feel better yeah now go get it done and we will check in with you next week and thanks for listening